Today on Kettle of Fish, Marie Cecile Anderson stops by to talk about reforming her whoring ways. Welcome to our after show. We call Kettle of Fish the No Politics Laughter Show. It's time for Kettle of Fish. No debates, hate, or arguments allowed on Kettle of Fish. It's like a Willy Wonka psychedelic acid trip. So hooray for Kettle of Fish. Alrighty, welcome to the Kettle of Fish mini episode. We've got Dwayne here. We've got Fern is back from Parts Unknown. And we've got Marie Cecile Anderson finally. Hi, Marie. I'm so glad to finally talk to you. Oh my gosh, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Nice, and I know you're on the road, so I want to thank you from call, for calling us from the road. How's the um, whores on tour going? Oh, it's going. I'm, I'm sitting right now in Red Roof Inn in San Antonio, Texas. <laughs> um, yeah, that's what yeah, I read. This is, yeah, this is day, I think, 11 of being on tour, cool. um, and it's been awesome. It's been unbelievable. Um, but, you know, living living, you know, in a different city every night is crazy. <laughs> Have you seen a thousand faces and rocked them all like Bon Jovi? Yeah, we just go in and rock it out. It's so fun. It's been Try really not to get drunk and fall in the canal like a lot of people do down in San Antonio. Oh, did they really? We were just at the canal yesterday and almost slipped in taking a picture of like a duck with the duckling. I was like trying to get a picture of it and I almost slipped. <laughs> Yeah, a lot that of people fall me. in, I guess, at night. Yeah, a lot of them do. I, I was down there for basic training, and I guess a lot of people do. <laughs> Man, Dwayne, oh, you have so much random information. <laughs> That's why I'm here. <laughs> that is why you're here. Amazing. Hey, let me That's ask amazing. you a question, Marie. Um, your music yeah. is so edgy. It's kind of poking fun at con- um, country music. And we'll talk about the broader implications here in a moment. But do you notice a difference when you're traveling around between the audience and progressive cities, like let's say a Chicago or a Boston, compared to like if you're playing in San Antonio or Alabama or Missouri or or Mississippi or something like that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, I guess when we were in, so we were in Cleveland during the Republican National Convention, and we threw out some like Trump jokes, and they bombed. I mean, yeah, I have bet. To remember, yeah, we're from New York. You know, originally I'm from Nashville, Tennessee, um, which is pretty conservative in its own right. But um, in, I have lived in New York City for 10 years. And so I do forget that not everybody across the country feels the same way I do. And my liberal, you know, being a woman and, and, you know, being a sexual being and, you know, all that sort of stuff. It's so funny going to these different towns and then remembering that not everybody is like-minded but it's also really exciting because that is what makes america and our big mo what we do is to trust try to be kind of show like both sides and you know this is our side of it but then we're very willing and and wanting to hear what other people are saying as well so we try to be careful in our jokes to not offend no matter where we are but it is funny when we forget where we are (laughs) yeah i bet always surprising yeah it's just shocking sometimes but san antonio like it's been to be honest like here in san antonio we're we're performing all weekend um at the uh improv comedy club and it's been the most diverse audience we've had on this tour and we've done pittsburgh cleveland fort wayne indiana louisville wow that's surprising but down here it's 
so diverse because um, you forget we're so close to Mexico and just I don't know Texas is a big old state with all huge kinds of huge in military it. base so you have a lot of different people nationalities oh, on the base too yeah so transit oh, town that makes sense and it sounds like a lot of conferences like people come from all over the U S to San Antonio I guess for conferences or or at least all over the state people are coming there's like a big teachers conference here and so. We've been having a lot of teachers coming to our shows, which has been awesome. But, yeah, it's, it's neat to kind of finally look out and see a, diver, a diverse crowd because that gets a little tricky, too, when you're in little pockets of the U.S. And you're like, oh, everybody looks like me. Right. <laughs> so it's more fun. It's fun when it's all diverse people. So. Well, I mean, it's the nature good. of your material, because of the nature of your material, and because you are a woman, do you get do you kind of open yourself up and get like nastier than usual trolls attacking you because of your views and the and your content, or do you think you're just kind of getting the same amount of trolls anybody in the public eye? <laughs> yeah, we, well, it's funny. You know, last night um, this this guy was there with his wife, and he he came up this, and, and the wife was like so excited about what we had just done, and um, then the, the husband he was like. I, I didn't like it one bit. <laughs> I was like, well, Sounds about well, right. Yeah, why why didn't you like it? And he was like, well, a woman a woman shouldn't be saying those things. And I was like, well, but that and that is why we're saying it because you understand times are they, they are a changing. And his wife like you know elbowed him and was like, Gary. <laughs> but it's just so it's that's the kind of trolling we get mainly is that like you're a woman and you really shouldn't say those things. And then. And how shocking and, you know, that there were these young millennial girls saying these things. But more times than not, everybody, people are pretty much on board because they're all, we're just saying things that, you know, we're women and we're trying to show that we are full women, um, modern millennial women, and that we have a brain and we think just as dirty as much as a man. And men have been able to say these things freely forever. And I think that, and women have been doing it as well, but it's just, it's neat where we are in the times of comedy where women are, you know, we really are paving this new way. And Amy Schumer, I think, is really a trailblazer in her own yes. right of, like, of, of putting that dirty content out there. But she, and Sarah Silverman. Yeah, and Sarah Silverman, Joan Rivers, like, she did it. You know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's very exciting to be a female uh, comic at this point. See, I so. feel you can say anything you want, just as long as you don't ask for the right to vote or drive. I'm okay with whatever you say. <laughs> well, there you go. Unbiased opinion. There you go. That's hey, right. What, can, we, can we poop, too? Is that okay? I know a lot of people oh, think Oh, you're always a big advocate of pooping. So yeah. Oh, okay. okay, good. <laughs> So let me ask you this then. Why are you using the vehicle of country music to kind of use as the stage or the platform for the greater message that, you know, I am a woman and we do have these thoughts? Is it to poke fun at the country music scene or is it because it's so unexpected in that venue? I mean, why did you choose that? Yeah, it's definitely not to poke fun at country music. I have such a huge uh, respect for country because I grew up in Nashville, it was always around me. Um, my neighbor, some people know who this is, but um, he was the founding member of Poco, which was this big band back in the day. And um, I remember going and like sneaking in and watching recording sessions. And they had a cabin in their backyard with a whole recording studio. And I just fell in love with making music and listening to it and, and just that, that old-timey sound of country. Um, 
the neat thing, kind of what has organically come about with our band is that when me and Katie met, we both were just actors in New York City and to be honest, like not feeling so hot. Like <laughs> we had, you know, we each had done, you know, off, off Broadway and some, a lot of student films and, you know, a, a handful of things, but like nothing really like set us apart. And we met randomly at a, at a party, a friend's, uh, a mutual friend's birthday party. And that night we really just hit it off in a way that I hadn't, I've met, you know, I just like instantly had a girl crush on her and she was so funny and, um, and I had been kind of writing music for, you know, a year before or two years before and had started playing the ukulele, but, but just simply because I was dating a musician and I was like, well, if he can do it, I can do it. And so I bought a ukulele and taught myself how to play by watching YouTube videos. And when Katie and I finally like met up um, after meeting at that, that party and just started um, writing together, uh, it just organically was was country music and then we could not for the life of us to like write serious stuff so it was all just like silly silly stuff that made us laugh and it was based on our lives of like relationships and dating and sex and and again like being a modern woman and it was so cool with the country aspect because it's not that I was like we have to do country it was just really like we both had that respect for it and because of, of country, it lended so well to kind of sneaking in a message. Because if we come out in, like, country western dresses, we have these accents, we're, you know, we're, we're attractive ladies, and then we can really sneak in this, like, dirty stuff that makes us laugh, and, and it turns out it made a lot of other people laugh. And then from our very first show I booked for us, we got, um, we were asked to do another show and another show, and then that was about six years ago and we've been playing our dirty country music all over the United States now for several years. And I think country, it's just like, you know, Johnny Cash and um, Hugh Carter Cash, they were just so funny in their music. And the San Antonio, we were just quoted or not quoted, but somebody said in the San Antonio current here, that this is um, outlaw country circa 2016. And I was like, damn straight it is. That's it. I love that. Yeah, did they think that that was an insult? It's always funny when someone says something they want to have a negative connotation and it actually has right. a, like, a, oh, I'm honored. Yeah, That's I'm great. like, oh, well, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, so. It's, like I it's saw an interview fun. with uh, Michael J. Fox once, and he's like, the tabloids never write about me. And then they finally were like, Michael J. Fox, drunk madman at the club. And he was like, finally, thank you, great. Like, the, the tabloids weren't hurting me by saying that. That's awesome. I'm right. glad they finally right. mentioned me. Right, exactly. All bad press is good press. Who cares? As long as you know what's in your heart, it doesn't matter. Well, so going the back girls, to the inception of it, um, you were in the mm-hmm. Upright Citizens Brigade, right? Well, yeah. I um, When I moved to New York, I was working with a commercial agent, and she was like, you have to get UCB on your resume. That's like... That's how to make it nowadays. And so I signed up for improv classes, and I had done improv in high school and in college. Um, but UCB is Amy Poehler, Matt Besser's place, and so it was just like that's like the most, I think, to me, my personal opinion, just like that's the most coveted place to learn improv. And so, I yeah, I took improv classes there, and it really was such an incredible experience to, to be in that community of people and, and learn that craft because it is for UCB, they, they teach the Herald and 
I had never learned that before. And so it was really, it was really neat. But for me, what happened though, is that I was taking all these improv classes and I was doing improv and my teachers were saying, oh, you're so talented. This is great. But I, I just didn't, I didn't see like where I was headed within the improv world because I don't know if you've heard, but like improv doesn't pay too much. <laughs> yeah, I bet. And, yeah. And so I was just trying to think like, how could I make a name for myself in comedy? All of a sudden it was like, oh, I should do comedy. And so again, I was like dating a musician and that's, that's when I like really, you know, took, I was trying to be fearless and brave and like bought a ukulele and started writing songs and it took a turn for the worse at first because I was like, I'd get drunk at parties and like get out my ukulele and play songs for people. And, but that was, my friends were so supportive and so supportive that um, a, a good comic friend of mine um, asked me to open for her at the People's Improv Theater. And it was the first time I'd ever played in front of a large crowd. And I call, I wrote a show and it was called Me and My Youth. And I performed it there and the response, it was sold out and the response was great. And that's when two weeks later, that's when I met Katie at that party. And wow. so she played, she was like, I played the accordion. And I was like, I kind of played the ukulele. We should start a band. And it's just like, it was just so, it's all fate. It felt like, and it still feels like it's like things drop in our lap that it's like, how on earth is this happening? So <laughs> It's neat. It's really neat. But I think it's just a testament. This to is like... what I love is these little backstories, these little nuggets. I love oh, Sammy yeah. Hagar's book because you see step by step where he was in the process of actually making it. And I love stories like this to see oh, what yeah. you break those little ceilings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we always tell people, like, if you have an idea or if you meet somebody that you, you know, oh, man, we should totally write this movie or we should film this web series or you know, start a band or whatever, like, just do it. Like, we we have this tiny little life of ours, and I don't want to waste any time not doing what I really want to do. And it all takes, you know, it's, like, really scary to, like, actually say what you want and then, like, go for it. And I think a lot of people don't do it because they're afraid of failure. But being an actor in New York City and being, you know, auditioning and being rejected for, like, I would say 80% of everything I go out for, you kind of like get, you understand failure. And it's like, well, I have a very wonderful family, amazing friends. And that's all that really matters. If I like, you know, put myself out there on stage and fail, that's fine. I can call my mom and laugh about it. You know, I'm very lucky in that sense, but it's all like, you just have to be fearless. And I still get very scared. (laughs) There's lots of things that scare me, but, I love putting myself in those situations where it's like completely out of my comfort zone because that's when I really feel like I'm living. Well, you know, it's funny. We've talked a lot. We talked today actually about successful people or people who push themselves out of their comfort zone because we were talking Mm -hmm. about taking on this 12-hour endeavor. Oh, I know. It's so awesome. Yeah, and um, I talked to a couple people about this and two different guests before you today un- you know, unprovoked, there was nothing I had really asked directly, have said the exact same thing you did. You know, I mm. push myself out of my comfort zone. Um, I take chances that might end up being ridiculous. I do this. Is this something that's just encoded on some people's DNA to just be like, <laughs> I'm just going to do this crazy thing and I'm just going to see what happens? I mean, you kind of have to have that streak to make it, right? I think so. My My mom loves to tell this story about me when I was two years old, I think, or maybe even like a year and a half. She said I was a baby. (laughs) And 
and my older sister um, had just learned how to do a somersault. So I was watching her do a somersault, and she was like pretty much she was failing at it. I guess my mom was like Rachel couldn't do it, and but I, as a baby, was watching her do it. And she said that I would spend as a baby hours practicing doing a somersault without any provoking or anything, but just I saw that and I wanted to do it. And so I just wow. kept trying. And she said that I beat my sister who was older than me in, in doing a somersault. And she, she talked about that still today with her friends because she was like, there's this drive and fire in Marie that has been there ever since she was a baby. And I, you know, she, she's like, I didn't give it to her. It's just always been there. And I've, I've you know, yeah. I once had my... This is so hippy dippy, and I'm sorry I'm even going to say this, but <laughs> I once went to this like club event thing. I don't know what it was, but in New York at some club, and they had this woman like reading people's auras. Oh, nice. <laughs> so dumb and weird. But she was like, ow. And I was like, what? She's like, there's so much fire in you. you it hurts my hand. I'm like, what the? <laughs> I don't know if I believe that, but I have had told, I've had people tell me that I have a lot of fire in me and I think I think that is true. I don't know if you could burn your hands by touching my aura, but right. Your aura is so hot you burn that's <laughs> a great pickup line. Right? Oh baby. No I'm it's, reading your aura. It's kind of um it's kind of interesting that you guys both mention um you know just that kind of DIY and and you just if you feel like you have to do something you just do it. And mm-hmm. I it made me think of it as soon as you said Amy Poehler because Amy Poehler's like my favorite human being on the planet. Like if I could mm-hmm. just like live in her shadow for like five minutes, I'd be like, yay. Um, I thought I was. I thought I was. <laughs> no, I love, love, love Amy Poehler. But as soon as you said that, it actually reminded me of my very, very favorite quote from her that I have usually somewhere on my desktop. Like I have a few of her quotes that just rotate and I had it on my other blog. Cause I don't know why, but I mean, we just do these things. He's like, Hey, let's make a website. And I'm like, okay. So I learned WordPress somehow. And I always tell them, I said, I just beat my head against the computer until it works. And now I have like a website with 10 blogs or no, 10 podcasts, four blogs and a vlog. And it all connects to the same thing. And I I don't, I don't know how I did it. I just did it. Yeah. D is my significant (laughs) other. And I am constantly just coming to her with batshit crazy ideas and go, cause she's my producer slash wife. And I'm like, Hey, I got this idea. Make this work. I want to go on 24 hours. And she's like, Oh, thank God. Mixler only has 12 hours at a time. (laughs) I'm like, no, we can't do it. Well, no. And as soon as he said 12 hours, I'm like, you're kidding. Right. Because I'm the one who does, I, I produce the show. So I'm sitting here at the computer making sure everything works and, you know, doing a very delicate juggling act. And he's like, so can you do it? I'm like, yeah, we're going to do it. He's like, are you sure? Yeah, they I, I, I don't mention, care. They, they have to schedule around my poop schedule. We do. Too. But, so that's um, the hardest part of any podcast is scheduling <laughs> around your bowel movements. But it made me think of this quote, and I think you're right. I think a lot of the younger people now, they just have that that fire or the you know the punk rock like nick always says the diy and it made me think of my very favorite quote which she says just do it even if it's not perfect mm-hmm. just do it i thought I mean, that was nike no Let's she well no she she said just do it even if it's not perfect just do it and then you'll have done it you know and right. um and tina Fey's the same way she's like just say yes and figure it out later and i mean right. i think i think it takes i think you're right it's a certain kind of person who just who just does it like 
I always tell kids people are always like, well, how do you do that? I, I'm like, I don't know. I just, I think of something I want to do and I just do it. And I think yeah. you're right. That takes a very certain And do type. it stupid the first time. Like the first time I had to go out on stage and sing, <laughs> I was like, all right, well, here's the plan. I am going to go out here with a blow-up doll, roll around on the ground like an insane right. person, and then my level of, bear- of embarrassment will never fucking been higher than it is right now, and oh. everything else will be a cakewalk after this. <laughs> yes, so that's that how I him. That sums yes. up the saucy one in one sentence right there. Just... It's kind of a cheat. Like you might look at it and be like, "Wow, how admirable!" No, it's a cheat because I'm scared as shit, and I'm like, "All right, let me just go out here and be as nuts as I can." And then every, it's like going, it's like playing Zelda and starting on level nine, well, and then doing level in the one afterwards. It's just jumping in the water. Yeah. You know, it's going to be cold. Screw it. Let's just let's just jump, and then we'll feel better after. All right, we only got a few minutes. I got to hit a couple more points here. We had something on our bucket list, Marie. It's been on our bucket list. Me and Dee's been together, God, almost seven years. And it's been on our bucket Ooh. list since day one, pretty much. Pretty much. And we finally accomplished it. We went and saw Weird Al live. Oh, wow. Where did you see him? In At Knoxville. the, what's the name of the theater At, here in uh, I think it was Knoxville. the Bijou uh, over here in Knoxville. Yeah, no, we, we didn't oh, just go awesome. see him. We went and saw him. Like, I brought a Mad Magazine, the one that he edited, the only guest editor that Mad has ever had, and that's, like, been my favorite thing since I was a kid. Brought my Mad Magazine, leaned it up against the amplifier on the stage right in front of me. Had my oh. knees against the stage because that's how close we were. So, yeah. Saying to me oh, everything. I, it was like... Yeah, we I, went all out. We've got yeah. we got the backstage passes. I did the little, the little girly fangirl squeal, you know, that they do for, like, One Direction. I did that. <laughs> yeah, that's was quite great. embarrassing. But hey, oh, you're boy, getting boy, ready. That was that was Nick. You're just saying it was you. <laughs> no, it was say, me. Oh, I heard Nick do it. I yeah, know, she was practicing her ventriloquism. Um, <laughs> you're opening up for Weird Al. When is this? August 13th, right? This has got to be yes. an incredibly awesome experience coming up for you. Oh my gosh, I know it's it's so crazy. So last year, um, we went to Sturgis Motorcycle Rally, which is in Sturgis, South Dakota. And um, we we had such an amazing time last year. We got to open for Alice Cooper and Godsmack, and no, it's a crazy. Yeah, Alice it's Cooper crazy... is like the shiznit. Like for that's real. how were you at the full throttle? Because I used to live thirty minutes from Sturgis. You were at the full throttle. We we were at the Buffalo Chip. Buffalo Chip. Okay. Further, yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Further down, and it's like a big music festival type thing. And so then they asked us back this year. Um, but then in the offer, it was like, and you're going to be opening to Weird Al. And we, me and Katie, like just almost lost our minds. Like I started crying. She started like I called her. We were like crying on the phone because that's like when you start a musical comedy band, like. He's probably like the the only person that we've ever wanted to really open for, and we've had a pleasure of opening for so many amazing people. But like he's been just that kind of thing that you're like, yeah, this is that would be our goal. But like, who knows? <laughs> and then we got that call, and we were just like lost our minds. So it's going to be August 13th, and it's at the motorcycle rally. So in theory, there may be up to like. Twenty to 30,000 people there. <laughs> wow. Do you have but anything we'll special planned for that performance as kind of a homage to Weird Al? Um, we're going to, we really want to like do our best material that he would be proud of. And so Katie, we, we keep discussing like, we got to do an accordion song. We got to get new costumes. So we look really pretty for him. And, but the big thing that we're really trying to get, and we 
you know, this is where we're like, dear Jesus, please, please, please. Um, we've written a pilot, like a web, like it'll, it'll either be on the web or if we could sell it somewhere, that would be the biggest dream. But we've written this script and um, we're filming it at, while we're at Sturgis. And it's really like uh, an adventure type story. The final episode is that we have written in that Weird Al is in it. And all his only line is, great job, whore. <laughs> that's all he has to do. If you're going to have Weird Al say one line, that's the line he should say. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So we have to, we're trying to figure it out, um, whether that's going through agents or whatever, or I really think that I keep hearing how amazingly nice he is. And so if we are just backstage and just so happen to be like, hey, dude, so great. Hey, have, you ever, for you. have you ever been to the rally before? Yeah, we went last year. I was going to Buffalo Chip is usually topless optional or uh, clothing optional too at the campgrounds. So. Oh, yeah, lots of titties out. Yep, lots. Wow. Lots of titties. But let me just say, so going into it last year, I was really, both Katie and I were very nervous because you think of bikers, you think of, you know, and last year it was was the 75th anniversary of Sturgis Motorcycle Rally, so it was supposed to be, they quoted like saying like like maybe a million people were going to be in town for it or something. So it was like really, really crazy and wild. However... Every single person we met at the motorcycle rally were the nicest human beings on the planet. They, they're, they, they, people have been saving up like all year or for several years to come to the chip. They, they're, they're doctors, they're lawyers, they're, you know, they just have ridden bikes their whole life with their families and they come to the Sturgis motorcycle rally to be free. And so when, because we interviewed, we, we did, we filmed this thing last year, and we interviewed these women being like, why are your titties out? Like, we're reformed boards. We're not taking off our clothes. We value our bodies. Like, why are your boobs out? And the, and the half of the time, it was just like, because, like, I've wanted to be here my whole life, and, like, I feel beautiful, and I want to show off my body. And then the husbands were like, yeah, she does. Isn't she beautiful? And, like, it was always uh, just I have to tell you, you stop that. You stop yeah. that. I don't want you to put any doubt in those women's minds. You let them show their boobies and don't question them. I don't want any negativity <laughs> right, when it right. comes to them showing their boobies. You shush, yeah. lady. <laughs> no, no, I encourage it. I think I think it's fantastic. Let it all out. I'm not gonna I'm gonna keep Bill and Ted's excellent adventure under my dress. <laughs> but well, let when every... we move back to Rapid City next year, maybe we'll see you out there. I I will oh my, my wife and whatever. Be... Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, come fact, on my down. father-in-law, who lives in Rapid City, is visiting here this week in Missouri. So, <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> All right, oh, listen, man. we've got to wrap this up. We've got somebody else on the line calling in. Cool. I, Marie, I got to get you back on because I want to talk about that Ghostbusters article you wrote. I have so much oh, material. Yeah. I want to talk about that. Let me reach out to you and get you back on next month because I feel like I've only kind of just barely touched on the things I wanted to talk to you about. Oh, yeah. Well, this has been so fun, and I really am so impressed with you guys doing 12 hours. For you to say it and actually do it is a huge feat. So well, congratulate us after the fact, because I might end up in the corner talking to finger survive. puppets by hour eight. No, 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 no. Hour eight, or well, no, that's hour 11. You I've were doing a that weeks and a half ago. Mad that, dog waiting. Is... We're good. You were doing that weeks and ago, he... Nick, talking to finger puppets. What's today going to do? <laughs> yeah, through that. And props to Dee for producing this. This Thank is you. awesome. It is an Congrats. undertaking. Ah, Marie, tell everybody where they can find you on the interwebs. 
Well, you can follow my band. Um, we're Reform Tours. It's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Vine, all that. Snapchat, okay, Cupid, I'm on them too. Um, um, and uh, my personal Twitter is Mafia underscore Marie. And uh, you can go to my website, uh, reformforce.com, and buy our new album, Don't Be Around the Bush. You can also get that on iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, if you don't want to pay us, all that stuff. But, yeah, remember, reform Horse. Very nice. All right, Marie, we'll <laughs> talk to you shortly. All right, okay, thank here you we so are. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.